When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello there. My name is Miles Jupp, cricket fan. And together with my co-host, Mark Wood, actual cricket man, we invite you to listen to Middle Please Umpire, a new cricket podcast containing the two of us banging on and sounding off together about cricket and quite possibly all manner of other things while lifting the lid on Mark's life as an international cricketer. And as if that wasn't enough, we shall be welcoming some great guests along the way and chatting to them about life on and off the playing field as they spill the beans, drop some truth bombs and see if they can withstand the scrutiny of our brutal interrogations. Middle Please Umpire is available right now from all your favourite podcast providers. to the Chels. Another week goes by with only one game being played in it, but there's quite a lot to talk about in that game, I think. And, you know, we've got the transfer window open. That's all so exciting. And we'll catch up with the latest news. But of course, to help me dissect everything that's been happening that's Chelsea related, it's Mr. Andy Saunders. Hello, mate. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? Grumpy. Very grumpy this morning. Yeah. Yeah. I've been waiting in the um, ticket queue for Lord's tickets, you know, cricket tickets for the summer. And uh, it's just an absolute disaster. And it's not something that happens. They they don't play an awful lot of cricket or international cricket at Lord's. And they've had about a year to get this ready. And it's just the whole system's just completely crashed. So I've just wasted hours this morning trying to get tickets and getting logged out at the final seconds. And, yeah, it's just maddening, absolutely maddening when people can't do their jobs properly. Is that even worse? I, I presume you're saying you can actually get the tickets into your basket? Yeah, man. You can you can put the tickets in your basket. You can get to the purchase point and then it won't allow you to log in or it logs you out or uh, i mean it's just not me it's 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 everybody if you look on social media it's you know people having meltdowns about it and quite rightly it's a disgrace well first world problems yeah (laughs) these are the major issues but also you would think a sport like cricket needs people in if there's a chance of getting money you would have thought they'd be going we need to get this right and they've had all this time to work it out yeah they're looking like losing 10 million quid this summer despite you know selling out their game so you'd think that they would get this right and 
Yeah, it's infuriating. But there you go. That, that's why I'm a little bit grumpy this morning. But, you know, apart, okay. from, apart from that, I'm fine. Good, as long as How you don't you? take it out on me. Um, well, I'm yeah, always going to all... take it out on you. That's what you're there for. <laughs> yeah, I am just your punch bag. Yeah, man. But, uh, yeah, but my ones will be clinical. My punches <laughs> will be precise. Um, yeah, I'm okay, you know, up here in the country. It's another week that goes by. You know, my, my highlight is going to the fruit and veg market at 7 o'clock on a Friday morning. And that's it. You know, I come back and get on with work. So, mm. yeah, I'm okay. I'm sure it's the same for everybody. We're We're all... Trying, I, I think there's a real malaise. You know, I've spoken to quite a lot of people, and I think the the frustration of this lockdown is so palpable. Probably because there is the thought that we are not far away from vaccines and what have you, but we've still really got to keep it together at the moment. So that trying to keep it together is actually making people feel untogether, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think um, it's just uh, it's just just interesting times, isn't it? Just interesting times for everybody. Yes, I mean, I, I suppose we've got um, the possibility of America livening up the next few days with the inauguration going on. Well, that's just um, like some mad TV series at the moment, isn't it? Where you know everything you see is is just ludicrous. But you know, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's just, I mean, the state of the world at the moment. I mean, it's better off just keeping your head down. You know, I mean, every generation must say, oh, of course, it wasn't like this when we were younger. Um, actually, I don't think it was ever like this when we were younger. Well, I mean, war, wars aside, it's, um, you know, we, we are living through strange and dramatic times. And, you know, our children, our, our grandchildren will be looking back and learning about this in school with a sense of incredulity. Incre- uh, incredulity, I think, is the That's, word. Yeah, you got easy there. for you to say. <laughs> <laughs> incredulity, incredulity. Yeah, um, yeah no, I, th- I think you're right. You know, I mean, this this is a moment in time that will stand out in pretty much everybody's history books. I would have thought. Yeah, um, I mean, if you look at Brexit and you look at the, the pandemic and you look at America. And you look at a you know bunch of other stuff that's going on around the world at the moment. You know these are remarkable times in yeah, our they history. Are. Yeah, I think you're right. So, will you be watching the inauguration on Wednesday? Yeah, yeah, I'll be watching it in the same way that I watch Speedway, though. You know, it, hoping that they'll crash. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. No, I won't. I, I will be watching it. I mean, the, the actual inauguration itself is fairly dull, you know, but it's a, it's a, it's a moment in history, so I'll, I'll catch it. But, I mean, I am interested to see what, what will happen because, I mean, there's something like 25,000 armed personnel ringing the Capitol building at the moment. So, you know, it, it, it is interesting what, you know, what might happen. Yeah, I mean, we will see if it's going to give us another gigantic soap opera. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I've seen that all the people who stormed the Capitol, are, you know, a majority of them are asking for pardons from the president. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's just, you couldn't write this stuff. If you wrote this stuff and went into a script meeting or something, you would be laughed out of the room, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's beyond fiction. Yeah, well, as know. is the football season. There's a nice segue for you. Oh, the fo- very the football, good. The football season is. If you'd have written this football season down beforehand, and you know, sort of said that some of the stuff that's gone on, and you know, the fact that there's you know seven teams within five points of the lead, or you know, whatever it is, it's you know, it's it, it is kind of crazy, you know. 
Do you not think we are actually in a moment with football and with a lot of sport where we're actually saying, I know we talk about long COVID for, for people, but actually we are now in a long COVID situation with football that I think we are now seeing the damage that's being done by having no crowds. I know, no, we've talked about this quite a lot, but you are seeing, I don't know, there, there's something really starting to feel as though it's missing from the game for me. I, I'm, I'm struggling. If it's Chelsea, I can watch Chelsea all day long. Men or women's side, I can watch both of them quite happily. But I really can't get the inspiration to go and watch, say, Liverpool and Man U, which normally you would just watch because it's, it's just a cauldron of, of football and it's got such historical uh, connotations to it. But, you know, every game, it's there's something dreadfully lacking if it's not yeah. your team. I mean, we have gone over this a few times, haven't we? I know. Yeah. But I, I'm know, feeling I mean, it you're more. Right. I mean, it doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't, you know, improve in any way without crowds. So I, I don't know what you want me to say, really. It's, it's, yeah, it's not great. It's not great. And, you know, I agree with you. It's, it's, I'll, I'll watch Chelsea and get absorbed in that. And, you know, I've said that several times and same as you. But, you know, it is a struggle to watch other games. I mean, I will watch them, but I drift away probably quicker than I would do if there was a crowd there. So, yeah, I mean, we are going over our ground a little bit. We know, no, we know, I, we know I this. I, I agree, but um, it, it does set itself up for, my God, I, I really can't wait for the day we go back into the ground. More than ever, you know, we've talked about this, Whoa, how, how will we feel? I know exactly how I'll feel, um, you know, and I think everybody will, and I think all the players will, you know, it's just... It's you'll just... feel like you always do, you won't be, you, you know, you'll moan about people standing up in front of you so you can't <laughs> see, you'll moan about people shouting at the players from behind you, you'll, you'll, you'll just moan like you normally do, that's how you'll feel oh yes I'll, I'll i'll manage to take over the mantle of moaning um <laughs> get it back on again and and give you a break from it because of course you're side on so you have nothing to moan about nothing to uh, moan about <laughs> all right well look um the other thing that's going on at this moment in time in football is it's the magnificent entity, the January transfer window, um, hasn't really lit up the world at the Why moment. Why are we even talking about it, though, Kerry? Because we're not going to make any transfers in, in well, this window. We might sell a couple, but, you know, we're not, yeah, not going to buy anybody. It's you know the January transfer window is is you know is is not is not an exciting place because you can't get any value in it. You can't you can't you can't buy players for any you know decent amounts of money. Any any great players are probably not going to come in January. It's all about the summer really. So you know it's you know these people that turn on Sky with Jim White frothing at the mouth and you know to see somebody going to some League Two team. It's, you know, January's not, it's not the window. I mean, apart from Danny Drinkwater going to some, you know, oh, Turkish, Turkish club that I've never heard of. Well, this is it. This is where I was but nobody cares to. about that. <laughs> you don't even know what the, the the league that he's joined is called, I bet, in Turkey, do you? I, I do you know what they call it? literally them? confusing me with somebody who cares. <laughs> <laughs> well, for all those who go to the Turkish yes, Super I League, do. is it? Super League. Oh, come on. 
Come on. <laughs> yeah, you're pretty good just, on that. Just, just saying, just saying it in a, in a slightly racist accent doesn't 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 Excuse give you any me? kudos. That's no, that was the proper pronunciation. Just going to send you a better Stavros accent. <laughs> give me. A, oh no, you're starting to become you're comparing me stereotypically. Now that is bad. Um, <laughs> he's gone to Casim Passa at Super League. There is no hello, accent. Hello, everybody, peeps. <laughs> <laughs> terrible, it's, terrible racist. Oh, my God. I, I can't see how you've got to that point, other than it's obviously mirroring your, your actual inner racist. But um, <laughs> he's gone to Kasim Passa. Kasim Passa, to say, yeah. Had you heard of them I'd, beforehand? No. No, neither had I. Uh, uh, Mid-table side. Uh, so in the same, presumably in the same league as Fenerbahce and, and Galatasaray and all those ones that we've heard of. Yes. Yeah, but, yeah, in, but mid-table. So they're, they're sort of, what what would they be? Sort of Burnley? No, because I, I don't think their league goes as far down our league as that, if you know what I mean. I, I right. think you're probably looking at, I don't know. Walsall or somewhere. Sorry, Walsall, don't mean to be rude about you, but... Um, you yeah, like I, Walsall I, fans are going to be listening to this, Karen. <laughs> you wait. I'm sure there'll be some, did he? <laughs> Angry tweets from Walsall fans. I was listening to the Chelsea podcast and that, Kerry. <laughs> I tell you, I'm never listening to it again. <laughs> you know? Well, yeah, I know, but th- this is this kind of sums up the transfer window for me, th- this whole thing, because I just, I think nothing is going to happen even more than usual. And the other one is our longest servant has finally left the club as well, hasn't he? Yeah, except he's not our longest servant. This whole thing about, oh, you know, Piazon, Chelsea's <laughs> longest serving player. He's not. Ruben Loftus-Cheek is our longest serving player. You know, so, you so even that wasn't true. So that's just a bit of a damp squib of a story. It's like exactly. Lucas Piazon, who, who, well, I think he made like a couple of, you know, League Cup appearances. Three, I think. Or, I mean, yeah, you know, made. not not many, you know, shipped off all around the world, you know, quite rightly got, you know, got slightly pissed off about it and has left. There's no real story there. It's like, you know, is this the best you can do? Some mid-table Turkish club and Lucas Piers on. Is this yes. like, you know, is this is this what you can do in this segment that you've chosen for the show? No, because it's, it's me <laughs> showing up the ridiculousness of this transfer window. It is. That's it, that people are trying to make stories about Piers on going to Braga. So what? Is there any, you know? is there any, any players from any clubs that have signed that we should get excited about? Or, no. or look like signing? Is any, are there any rumours? I don't think no. there are. No, the only one is Haaland in the summer's coming to Chelsea. Yeah, that's not going to happen. No, it just won't happen. You know, I, I, the one thing I don't think we need is attackers at the mo- this moment in well, time. Well, I mean, I would, I would take Haaland because he's incredible. You know, he's an incredible player. Okay, where do you play him? Playing a striker. Yeah, but... <laughs> Obviously. Yeah, yeah, of course. Okay, you know what I mean. Who the hell drops out? You know, it's just more more mess up front if you're not careful. Yeah, and well, I, I just think that... Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a good point. You've got, you know... I mean, like Giroud, by the summer, is probably not going to be, you know, it's probably not going to be figuring too greatly in the starting lineup just because of his age. Yeah. So, you know, that gives you three three strikers, you know, and... You know, three decent strikers, if you include Werner and Abraham in the other two. Yeah, 
Who knows? Again, it's one of those trashy stories. This is all there is, and that's all there's going to be in this January. It's the odd moment of speculation, but not Mm. even full on. And then these random loan moves and and getting rid of people who don't really matter. So, um, I mean, the one thing that is interesting is the Tamori story. You know, you've yes, seen that one, right? Good. So Fikura Tomori is apparently linked with AC Milan uh, for a loan move, which you would say, fine, that's good. But they're apparent, apparently, and, and, you know, who knows, some reasonably good sources have said that there is a, uh, a potential buy option of $25 million, which for me seems to be a pretty disastrous move by Chelsea. Because, you know, if he doesn't play well, then we get him back. And AC Milan, you know, you know, kind of cut their losses. And if he plays well, they get to buy him on the cheap, it seems. So where's the advantage for us? It's a player that I think could definitely be worth more than £25 million for a start. And, you know, and I don't quite understand what's gone on with the Tamori situation. What the, you know, whether it's a breakdown in relations with Frank Lampard, because Frank wanted him to go out on loan and he refused, or whether he's just been too disruptive about not, not getting a shout in the team. I don't know, but it seems like a very weird situation. Yeah, it does. Although, depending on what report, so much of this is speculation that it's actually AC Milan who are asking for this uh, potential transfer if they like him. Um, So, who knows? I I I can't see see Chelsea giving them that. No, neither can I. Chelsea like to be in front of these kind of deals, I think. So, yeah, I, I can't see it happening. So... Um, I can see him going out on loan, and that would be helpful if he could play every week again. Um, then we can find out if he's advanced, if he's going to be um, a player or not for us. Uh, I, I think out of the whole squad of players who are not playing at the moment, he's probably the one I would say could do with going out on loan the most. Because yeah. oh, yeah. he's not going to get a look in unless there's two injuries, I think, to, to centre-halves. So, yeah. Well, I, I wouldn't mind seeing him going, but not with all these caveats, mm. which I think will stop it anyway. So, yeah, we'll we'll see. So, yes, um, well, that's that's the transfer news all wrapped up, nice and shiny. Um, that was <laughs> I, really underwhelming. No, but, it's, yeah, but that's got its purpose, yeah, know. you know, because we are all being underwhelmed by so much, yeah, yeah. so regularly. But, um, OK, so let's get to the uh, meat and two veg or the uh, nut roast, if you're not a meat eater, uh, and discuss the Fulham game. Now, this was a game that uh, it was becoming a little bit of a, a thing in people's minds that, Fulham was suddenly, you know, had a good result against Spurs. They'd toughened up over the last few weeks. We're still in the middle of this strange little period. It took on a, a certain amount of importance. And could I suggest that it probably took on as much importance as that Man U game that we drew nil-nil some, some weeks ago? Um, this was a game that we really needed to win. Um, and certainly not lose. And a draw might have brought everyone still to the fore, going, oh, this isn't working, that isn't working. Um, 
this was an important game for us, wasn't it? Yeah, I think this was a must-win game on, on all sorts of level. I mean, obviously on for Frank, you know, and the pressure that he's under a little bit, but generally for the team. And, you know, if you look where we are in the table at the moment, seventh, I mean, all right, we're only seven points off the top, but and, you know, we're only, uh, was it f- three or four points off of, um, you know, fourth place. But, you know, after such a great 17-game win, we did go through this big trough or have been going through this big trough so we needed a uh, you know a win against a team like Fulham who as you say had strung some results together mainly draws but had you know frustrated some some teams including Spurs and you know it wasn't one that you could walk into going oh yeah we'll just smash this because it was um you know it's it, it was a potential banana skin so so yeah there was a there was a fair amount riding on the game and a certain amount of pressure yeah, and also it, it, it's one of those fixtures which summed up what we're going through, meant to be played on a Friday and suddenly it's moved forward to Saturday because Fulham ended up having to play a game in midweek, mm. um, which actually they moaned about but could very well have worked in their favour because they they carried on where they left off against Tottenham, it, it, as, as we'll discuss eventually. So when we got to uh, the game, would you say that this was the most unexpected eleven that Frank has picked in his whole time as manager? There were certainly some surprises in there. I mean, certainly having Rudiger in the centre of defence was a surprise. I thought the whole midfield was a surprise. I mean, Mason Mount, fair enough, but Jorginho and, and Kovacic coming in was uh, was, was a surprise. Um, and not playing Callum Hudson-Odoi after the performances that he's put in in recent games was a surprise. But we could argue that there is a game tomorrow night, Tuesday night, three days after this one, um, and there was a certain amount of rotation going on. So there's probably method behind the madness, but I think we all raised an eyebrow when we saw the team sheet, which was Mendy in goal, Azpilicueta, Silva, Rudiger and Chilwell as a back four, midfield three of Kovacic, Jorginho and Mount, and Zayek, uh, Giroud and Pulisic up front. Yeah, I, it, there, were, there was a lot to digest. Normally you go, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And it was one of those <laughs> looking down and they went, oh, hold on, and had to go through again. I think I got the team from you um, straight away. And it was there, was, there were various parts which, okay, you could look at and go, well, he's doing this for whatever reason. That's why he's the manager. Personally, I, I could understand why he's trying to do something in defence. Um, mainly because Rudiger had played against Morecambe, uh, and we okay. He he looked good in that, and he probably thought, well, I'll I'll just show that he can keep his place. The defence has been rockier than it has been for a while before that game, so perhaps it was sending a message to everybody. Just because you all think you're in the side doesn't mean you are in the side. So there's all sort of nuanced looks at it. Um, is that how you viewed Rudiger coming in? Well, it's interesting to, to see what Lampard said about Rudiger because I thought it was odd. And, and Lampard talks a lot about character and big characters and personality and needing to have 
some character on the pitch. And I think that's why he picked Rudiger, because Rudiger has got a certain amount of leadership and, and, and a certain amount of character and personality, um, as has Aspilicueta, who, who started at right back. And obviously, Rhys James is still coming back from injury. Um, and if you look at that in that back four, Aspilicueta, Silva, Rudiger, and Chilwell, they're all characters. They're all, they're, there's all big personalities there. So I think in recent games, he's been concerned about our personality on the pitch. And he wanted to bring some experience uh, and some character into the team. And that's why he's done it. I'd also suggest Rudiger is not a leader, but he is a very good lieutenant. Yeah. He needs he needs to be, he can't be the main one. And I think this is where he struggled. And we've talked about his struggles and things. When he's the one that everyone looks to, I don't think he's so good. I think he works perfectly alongside Thiago because Thiago is obviously the leader of that defence. Mm. But inside that relationship, Rudiger knows to go and get on with his job and he can work on his areas. I, I don't know. He looks more confident alongside Thiago than any of the other centre-halves we've seen in the last year, I would suggest. Yeah, I mean, he's a big personality. Apparently, he's a big personality in the dressing room. He has leadership qualities. I wouldn't necessarily say that he's a leader. He's not a captain. Uh, not in the same level as Silver is, for example, uh, or Aspilicueta. So, I think, the, you know, but the, yes, I, I think he's a, he's a good second-in-command. But, um, but, but I think that's why he was picked. And and probably you know and and Lampard said that he's been doing very well in training and you know he's he's trying to pick players on merit. Um, I don't think it was a particularly uh, successful pick. It was funny. Some people really you know raved about his performance. I, I thought it was poor. I thought particularly in the first half he was really off the pace and really not covering his areas well at all. And certain times just wandering around. So it was it was an interesting one. Yeah, I, I also thought that especially in the first half. They were very far apart, the two centre-halves, and I haven't seen us play with players that far apart. It, it, it did feel odd. Um, I think that okay. was tactical. I, th- yeah, I, think, I, I, you know, I think it's like Jorginho goes and sits in the middle. The two, you know, two centre-backs push out. That pushes Chilwell and Aspilicueta up the pitch, which in turn pushes Kovacic and Zayac inside. So, yeah, I, mean, I can understand why, why they did that tactically. But, yeah, they, they, were, they were pushed wide apart. And it did almost cause us problems uh, on, yeah. on occasions. Because Jorginho is just not a holding midfield player in the sense that he's probably not going to provide the kind of cover that you need if you're going to play that that tactic. Well, and he's also not quick enough to turn and get back as well. That's what I mean, he's not going to provide the cover. No, he really isn't. So, okay, does Rudiger play against Leicester? No. So I don't. I don't think so. I, I, I think I think Zuma's the better player, and I think he's the better option of the two of them and I, I would be really surprised if he stays with Rudiger um, the only thing that you could say about Rudiger over Zuma is is he quicker you know is, is he got a little bit more pace about him because um, you know you have got the Vardy factor uh, at Leicester you know you know where, where, you, where you are going to be coming up against serious pace on the break um, and you do have to wonder whether Zuma and Silva are quick enough to deal with that it's just a thought yeah no I, th- I think it's a it's a good thought um I, we'll talk about the Leicester game because I've got a few thoughts on that but yeah I, I I'll be very interested because I, I tell you where we did miss Zuma considering we had 12 corners um you know the yeah. only header on target was ironically from Rudiger but not particularly great one um we I think I 
it, it's amazing how dominant Zuma is in the air at corners. When you see him not playing, and you see those balls coming into exactly the kind of positions he likes to attack them, nobody could quite fill that role, could they? No, you've got two great headers in the team. One is Zuma and one is Giroud. You know, the rest of them, they're all pretty average, you know, uh, but those two are exceptional. And they're a big threat from set pieces and, and a, a huge advantage when we're defending set pieces as well. Yeah, I, I'd say that Thiago is pretty good header. but He's pretty he good, goes, but he doesn't have the height. No, but he's very good at the sly move. He's he's your near post runner yeah, pretty yeah. much all the time. He's but great he's, for the flick-ons. Yeah. yeah, he won't bury it like he's those He's not an two elite of header time. of the ball, I don't think. I think he's big just simply because of his height. I think he's very good. I think he's, you know, he's, he's a very intelligent footballer. You know, that whole kind of first 10 yards are in his head cliche. Um, and yes, I think he gets himself into positions to, you know, to, to, to make good headers. But he's not the kind of dominant header that Giroud and Zuma. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. So, okay, so that's where we've missed Zuma, I think, in, in that situation. Um, yeah, I don't th- think Zuma's the long-term answer, by the way. Okay. I don't, I don't think that he's a, you know, I, I think he can be upgraded. Well, and of course, with Thiago being the age he is, yeah. we know that we might get another year out of him, but you would think next year will be all about him passing on the baton, really. Um, yeah. So it, it, we are going to be in the same problem we were in at the beginning of this season again, I think. In I the mean, fact I think, that, don't get me wrong, I think Zuma's really good and he's he's come on leaps and bounds. Um, is, is, is he a world-class centre-back? I don't think he is. I just I just don't think he is, and I, I might get shot down for that. But I think I think he can be upgraded now. Now, if you ask me, well, with whom? That's another question because I don't know who's out there that could do that. This guy, Upagamo, you know, the guy from um, Germany. I mean, I, I don't know. There's a, there's a few sort of names in the frame, but um, I, you know, I, there's something about Zuma that doesn't that doesn't feel world class for me. Well, he's still prone to to. You know, making a ricket, you know, dropping a uh, a ricket here and there, and um, I I think that always stays with you when you watch players like that. I mean, on the whole, he doesn't let us down, but you do see with other teams more often than not, they always leave Zuma as the one open to receive the ball mm. because they're aware that he could make a mistake. Now, most of the time, he doesn't, but he still has that capability. And it's very interesting to watch how teams that are well sorted against us let us funnel the ball through to Zuma all the time. So, yeah, I'd agree with you. I, th- I think look, we'll see over this remaining part of the season where Zuma ends up. It could be that he turns into the player we want him to be. Maybe. Um, I mean, you've you know. got two, I think, world-class fullbacks in, in Rhys James and Chilwell. You've obviously got a world-class player in Thiago Silva, but he's ageing. You've got, you know, a player in Zuma who is a solid Premier League player, but I don't think he's world-class. What do you think of Mendy? You know, what do you think of Mendy's, you know, you talk about, you know, he's got a ricket in him. What do you, what do you think about Mendy's decision-making in the last five or six games? Okay. Now, look, I've been saying it'll be okay for a while. Um, that one... Uh, against Fulham just made me really concerned. This is when Only... he came, when Azpilicueta looked like he was in control and Mendy came charging out. 
Exactly. You know, I, okay, there's two things here. One, um, I get concerned when goalkeepers have nothing to do that suddenly they see the ball and they react to the ball, not the situation. And he's done this a few times. And you wonder if he's going, oh, I must just make sure everyone knows I'm here. And his decision-making at those moments. I, I think he looks like a, a decent keeper with crosses, with shots. Most of the time with his kicking is okay. But that commanding the area and knowing when to come and when to stay, it's now looking like a continual issue. Um, he, well, it's all about decision-making. And, 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 and that's what makes great players. I mean, you can have all the technique in the world and be a brilliant shot-stopper as a goalkeeper. But if you can't make the big decisions at the big moments, there's an issue. Yeah, exactly. And my point is that he almost seems to panic. He needs to stay calm in those situations and evaluate it. Look, once you go, okay, that's a bad error. Twice, you you know, which is then for the penalty, you go, maybe he was caught out by the, by the striker, but really shouldn't have been out there. This time, there was absolutely no reason to come out as far as he did because it was clear that Aspi was going to get the ball quite happily much earlier than he obviously thought. Yep. So you, you would consider that he makes rash decisions. Um, they need to work on that so dramatically because this is going to be another goalkeeping issue if we're not careful. I'm not saying he can't be corrected, and I'm sure it's something they're looking at and they're working on, but yes, it really does concern me, especially if he only has one or two things to do in a game. That's all we'll ever remember. Mm. You know, if he does things like that, then that's all you remember about him. You don't remember any of the other stuff he did. You don't Um, remember uh, that it was a clean sheet. Exactly, because you're talking about the mistake yeah. that could have. Okay, it's ifs and buts, and we always, uh, as you, you know, say, could have, would have, should have. Yeah, and we and we talk about Rudiger, and we talk about Mendy, and we you know we give them a little bit of criticism, but it was a clean sheet, so they did their job. You know, they were part of a unit that did their job, so we have to give them credit for that. Yeah, I, I totally agree, and all you want is for people to learn from mistakes. Everyone makes mistakes, even you, even me. I don't, you know? but yes, I take your point. <laughs> you know, so we have to see. That's why I'm worried that we've now seen similar sort of things three times from him. Um, mm. we, we keep on going, and as you say, it's a clean sheet, and, and we move forward. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. Okay, so let's move on to the midfield. For me, um, I know that... 
some people have talked about the fact that he spoke, he he picked experience over the youth. Um, well, I think I can understand that. Um, he wanted to get a result at Fulham. Would I agree with his midfield? Well, apart from Mason, no, I wouldn't. Um, I think Kovacic is going through a very strange period. He, he's not done much for me this season. And Jorginho, well, again, I can see why he's picked him. But I really don't like Kovacic and Jorginho playing together. together. I think that's the key. That's the key. Yeah. I think individually they're fine. I think together, for me, they just don't spark. I mean, I thought Jorginho had a pretty good game. He had a very specific role, which was to be an option and, 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 and find the space and keep the tempo going, which is what he does. He's very good at it. And and I don't think he, he, he had a bad performance in any way, shape or form. I just couldn't really see the point of, of Kovacic alongside him. I don't really see what Kovacic was bringing to the party at all. So I was surprised not to see Havertz in there. Um, and you know, or, or or even Billy Gilmore, you know, who who is starting to force his way back into the manager's plans. But maybe he thought that you know, two games, two games in a week was too much for a player coming back from injury. So I, I don't know. You know, we have to trust Frank's selection in this. Um, but yeah, I thought it, I thought it was odd. And I'm with you. I don't like the two of them together. Yeah, I, you, you know, you 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 read what people say, and you read what. <sighs> writers write about this and it's almost like there's this this issue that we're talking about the fact that no matter what we give the manager leeway because he's got a big game against Leicester coming up uh at the end of the day no matter what happens we kept a clean sheet and we won one nil um so he got the result but it's almost like some people have uh, it, it wasn't the right three points it wasn't the right way to win it you know that don't uh, care well, about that no neither do i that that's my point because at the end of the day how many of the big teams win games one nil that you will never ever remember Look, all it says three straight premier league defeats away from home before this. You know, it's just our fourth away clean sheet of the season. You know, we didn't. We only kept one last year. There's a lot to like about this performance. I don't care about how we play as long as we get the win. Um, yes, there were concerns in the game about finishing, um, about, you know, a certain lethargy again. I don't think this team is intense enough. I don't think it moves quicker, quickly enough. I don't think that there's enough confidence in the team to move the ball at pace through the transitions. I think there's a lot of issues still there. But the aim of football is to win, and we won. So move on, as far as I'm concerned. Let's look at the next one and not get hung up on you know whether it was exciting to watch or whether one or two pe- people in the team didn't, didn't rise to the occasion. The object of the game is to concede less goals than the other team. Yeah, exactly. And score we, more than them. We got, we got three points, and that was the, the main purpose of it. You know, there are always going to be ugly games, and if you come out on the right side of them, that's that's fantastic. I would also that, suggest. Sorry, sorry, Kerry, to interrupt. Yeah. Just sorry to, to interrupt on that. But you know, if if uh, Liverpool had ground out a one nil win, then the commentators would have been saying that's the kind of you know result that champions grind out when they're not playing so well. Do you know, I mean, that it, we would have had all of that. Do you know, what I mean, occasionally you just go win ugly, especially when you've been on a, you know, the kind of run that we've been on recently where we just cannot buy a win and we can't buy any luck. To actually grind a win out and start that run again, that's, it's important. Yeah, I, I would 
totally agree. And I would also suggest that this is a game we would never have won last year. Um, and I, I think, for me, irrespective of performance, we never stopped trying. Even if we couldn't work it out and, you know, Pulisic was sputtering and, and not quite firing, and but occasionally you'd see a little glimpse of it. They were all trying to do things. We never gave up. And I, I thought there was a very interesting thing. I heard Mason Mount talk after the game, and they were talking about his goal. And he said, well, yeah, you know, um, I told that I was speaking to Kovacic and told him that he had to sit back and I would go forward. Uh, I thought that was really telling that, you know, the, basically the youngest player on the pitch was telling last year's player of the season where to play and what to do. And that guy listening to him. Mm. And I think that for me says so much about Mason Mount. I think he's a thoughtful footballer. Um, I, I never understood the grief he's got. Most of the time he's played out of position um, a lot through last oh, I year. I don't listen to any of that nonsense. No, I know, but it, it is nonsense because he's a thoughtful footballer who's 21, just 22, um, who knows he's got to score more goals. Uh, he knows he's got to give more assists, but he is really finding his place in that side um, as one of the ones who really is that one of the first choices on merit. He plays heart and soul for Chelsea. I mean, look at that tackle on Dave. Who was the first person over there to, to remonstrate and stick up for his teammate? It was Mason. Mm. You know, he's, he's getting physically stronger. He's getting more thoughtful about the way he plays. I think he's everything we need at this moment in time. And I think the players around him understand that as well. The yeah, man who was... Sorry, gone. No, no, sorry. You know, he, he's he's had a really good season and a good couple of seasons, really. And I, I can totally understand why he's got the trust of Frank Lampard and his teammates. You know, we, we've said before, I think he needs to add a few more assists and goals. But he's starting to do that. That could have had two goals, hit the bar. You know, so he was head and shoulders above every other player on the pitch for me. Easily man of the match. Yeah, he he and player <clears throat> excuse me, a player like that is is sucker to the rest of the team because they will see what he's doing and they will raise their games and they will keep on going. That's what you need. In a weird way, he's one of our leaders on the pitch without a doubt. You know, we we're hearing that he's talking to players all the time. We see what he does with his performances. He's he's non-stop. I I'd love to see what his stats for running are because he is everywhere most of the time. Yeah, he's uh he 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 brings an energy and a spark and a desire and a passion, all that things we want uh to the team and 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 hopefully we'll you know we'll we'll build a team that has more of that in it. At the moment, I think there's players that don't know each other well enough or you know who aren't playing together enough regularly to really understand each other but you get the sense that that's coming and that's building and that's why we we still have to maintain a level of patience yeah and as we've said it's not about this year this is all building for the next couple of years and I think we will evolve we are becoming a fairly young side and that takes time um you know Mason's finish was superb for that goal as well. You know, it was a it was a beautiful strike, um, and I'm sure that other players in the team were envious when they saw that because um, I guess we should talk about uh, Timo, not particularly too much, um, 
but the miss. Well, what did you make of that? Because that is the kind of chance that we've always seen and believed that he gobbles up. Well, I, I just think he's a player hugely lacking in confidence. I think he's shocked at how badly it's gone for him since he's come over here. Um, I think he's probably playing inside his head a little bit too much. He had far too long to think about that. He ran with the ball for quite a long time. It's it's tricky. I mean, it's it's very tricky. I, I don't think we can write him off as a player, and we shouldn't. That would be ludicrous, a young, proven player like him. Um, but I do think that there's a lot of man management that needs to go on with Frank Lampard to get his confidence back. Um, and... Yeah, it's it, it's really difficult, and and I, I, feel, I just feel for him. I just feel for him when he misses a chance like that, because if he'd put that in, then people would have trusted him a little bit more, and, you know, it's it's difficult. If Tammy had missed it, if Giroud had missed it, there wouldn't have been any of the clamour that there was uh, for him missing it, and I just, I detect a little bit of, not hate, but a little bit of, you know, impatience and annoyance. And I just wish people would kind of chill a little bit and just realise that he's a young player coming to a new league that, you know, has to develop and has to find his feet. And, you know, and he has a natural talent that we need to get the best out of. And, you know, he needs to have that confidence. So there's a lot of things that that, that, that need to fall into place for him. And, and people, again, I use the word again, people need to be patient. Yeah, and I th- I think Frank summed it up um, when they were talking. Um, he said, the thing is, you've just got to go and score and hit the net in training all the time. Keep on doing it. Keep on doing it. Then the muscle memory sets in. And that, that, I, I like that philosophy. If it's not working in the match, make it work on training. Just keep putting the ball in the net. Suddenly it will click. And I, I think he's one of those players. I, I'm sure when he gets a chance in a proper big game because I'm sure that he will, you know, look at Morecambe. Yeah, it's great to score, but he needs to score in the Premier League. He will get his opportunity. He will take it and then then he'll move on. But as you say, he's young. He's in a different league. No one's had the right amount of time to get to know each other, not just at Chelsea, at any football club. That's why we've got this weird season where everyone is jockeying for positions still because no one's right. This also, so we, we, don't, we don't know what's happening behind the scenes, whether they're able to socialise. Ordinarily, they'd be around each other's houses, they'd be playing FIFA, they'd be, you know, relaxing, they'd be out and about, going around London, you know, uh, you know, shopping in Sloan Street or wherever they, whatever footballers do. They can't do any of that. He's basically come to a pandemic-ridden country, probably stuck in his house. I mean, I'm not, you know, going to feel terribly sorry for him on his ludicrous wages, but, you know, it must be difficult if you're a young man who has come into a basically lockdown, you know, uh, you know, to perform at the level that he was in Germany without, you know, without having had the time to really understand the culture and the, of not just the club, but the country that he's living in. So it's difficult. And I, I, I just say I feel sorry for him. Yeah, and I think you hit on something there. Um, you can't make friendships. That's got to be hard, isn't it? Because you yeah. are in a bubble even though you're in a bubble you you can't suddenly go hey i'll see you tonight come over or it, it, none of that's possible well he can't I go mean, and hang no. out at the other german players houses i mean he can't go and you know go and have a barbecue with rudiger or go and play fifa with Havertz or whatever they do do you know what i mean or or even with other teammates they can't go on on you know on on you know trips together whatever footballers do together i don't know but i would imagine it's very isolating being a foreign footballer just coming into the league at this particular point. And I don't think that's good for anybody's mental health. No, I'd agree. Um, the, the other person I'd like to just 
quickly mention is Callum. Um, very unlucky, Frank said afterwards, that actually if there was anyone who didn't start, who probably could have or should have, it was Callum. He has been the, one of the bright spots in the last five or six games that he has come on and he has changed the game. And actually it was him that started off that whole sequence where the, the goal came from. So um, he's unlucky, isn't he? I, but this is everything we want to see from him, isn't it? Yeah. He's making it difficult it for is. Frank to leave him out. Yeah, he's got to play on Tuesday got to play and and I think that as his fitness comes back his swagger is coming back you know the, the Callum Hudson Adoy that goes past people that takes players on the the bamboozles defenses is the Callum Hudson Adoy we were all so excited about when Bayern Munich was sniffing around aggressively uh, and then he got his injury and then he was timid and then he was slightly worried about getting hurt again not going past players you know trying to hit long long passes rather than get to the byline um, this Callum Hudson Adoy that's you know that's got a glint in his eye when he runs at defences I mean that's that's exciting really exciting and I mean if you're picking in form he's got to play he's got to play on Tuesday and he's got to play moving forward he's got to be a starter and that causes a problem for Frank because he has got the Pulisic and Zayek uh, questions as well I mean if anybody's dropped off a little bit it's probably Pulisic um, you know he hasn't been playing with the same aggression and verve that he was before he did his hamstring recently. So I think, you know, for me, I think it's probably got to be uh, Callum Hudson-Odoi and Zayech as the as the starting wingers. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Who would you play in the middle of them? Well, that's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it, it is interesting. And probably not Werner. Probably not. Um, you know, I think he's got to be an impact sub for a, for a few games. Uh, see if he can come on when teams are tiring and grab a goal. Uh, and, and cause some problems. Um, I, I wouldn't against Leicester. I wouldn't be averse to giving Tammy a go. Yeah, I I think he could be. I think Giroud. They've got big centre halves, tough centre halves. I think it's too much like for like. I think they'll negate each other. Tammy has got that ability to take the ball on the ground and do things mm. um, because he is arms and legs. He's very confusing to play against at times. I, I agree with you. I, I think he'd be the pick yeah. for me. So, yeah, we'll see. But, yeah, I, I would agree also. Callum Callum has that potential. What excites me about Callum Hudson-Odoi is I can see he could become, I'm not saying he will, but he could become one of those players who excites me like Charlie Cook did or Pat Nevin. All I right, think all right, granddad. No, but, you know, the the kind of exciting winger who takes somebody on, yeah. leaves them flat on their, their backsides, you know. That, and, you know, you used Sorry. to love Pat Nevin. Good Lord, is I it know. time for you to get up? <laughs> That's my boredom <laughs> threshold with you. <laughs> yeah, but you know what I mean. He's got yeah. the potential there. So we, we will see. Lastly, the one person I think who is a wonderful servant for Chelsea, who I absolutely adore. He does everything for the, for the team. But actually, I'm afraid, lets us down going forward these days, is Aspi. Mm. Um, it, it, everything slowed down against Fulham on that right-hand side. Yeah. Um, well, he's only know, playing because Rhys James isn't 100% Of fit, course, you of know? course. So, so I, th- I think that, yeah, you know, <laughs> you're right, he's lost a yard of pace. You know, he was still... 
very good on occasion. You know, defensively, he's stronger than James. Yes. Um, but he doesn't give us that threat going forward. He doesn't link with Zayek in the same way that James does. And that combination, I'm really excited about the Zayek-James combination, um, much more than I am as Billiqueta Zayek. So I, th- I think you're right. But look, basically, he's an understudy to James these days. And I think if James is fit, he'll play tomorrow. Yeah, well, let's hope so, because... I was surprised. I thought he might get a little bit of a run out, um, which makes me think that maybe Azpi will play against Leicester. I think it'd be, you know, we we will see. Um, Okay, so let's move on to the Leicester game. Um, Oh, by the way, did you see Rhys James's sister playing for Man U uh, yesterday? They played against Uh, Chelsea, didn't they? Lost lost 1-0? 2-1. Chelsea Chelsea. Chelsea 1-2-1, did they? Yeah, Chelsea 1-2-1. Frank Kirby scored. Uh, Just, well... The kind of goal, maybe she should give a few tips to um, Timo Werner because it was very similar right. and she just buried it. She She's fantastic. I, I love watching um, the ladies' side and I love watching Fran Kirby. Fantastic footballer. Um, but yeah, Reese James's sister played for them, Lauren James, scored a fantastic goal. Oh, I really? mean, it really okay. was, oh, really something else. Um, you and know, they're top but, of the league now, are they, the women's team? Yes, they are. Um, ahead Unbe- on goal unbeaten difference. for 31 games. Yep, that's the one. Yeah. Uh, they've got a game in hand and they're now top on goal difference over Man U. So, yeah, that's going well. And Good. I, I love watching their games. Some really fantastic football. But, um, OK, so let's get to the Leicester game. How do you see this panning out? Will we see changes? I presume N'Golo will come back in. Um, and then maybe it'll be Havertz and Mount in the midfield that I think is where we want to end up. I, I, want, I want it to be Kante, Havertz, Mount. I, I think that's the combination that could work. I genuinely do. I think you've got Reese James and Zayek protecting you on the left, and you've got Chilwell and Cullen Hudson Adoy on the left. Uh, sorry, on the right, and then you've got Callum Hassan Majoy on the left um, with with Chilwell, you know, and I just think it's that that for me it looks like it it should work, you know, especially if the defence are doing their job. So, yeah, that that's what I'd like to see in midfield. I mean, listen, Leicester are second. They're you know they're they're playing well. Um, they're scoring goals. Uh, they've got in Jamie Vardy a killer up front, you know, who you can't give even a half chance to. Um, they've got a really good midfield with, you know, with with some you know decent aggressive players in there. So I don't think this is going to be straightforward at all. I think we're going to have to be at our very best. So um, it, it's important that we get the shape and the balance of the team selection right, and that when we go out onto that football pitch, we play to the to to the standards that we know we can. Okay, and does Zuma come back in then for sure? Damn well, hope so. Okay, I interesting. Hope so. I hope so. Do you think so? Uh, I'm not sure. I think he may well stick with Rudiger. Right. Uh, I agree with you, though. I think I'd be inclined to bring Zuma back for this one. Um, but we'll see what, what Frank's thinking is, you know, whether he was just giving a rest to Zuma or whether, you know, this is a change now in that central role. You get and the Zuma- sense that his, his preferred back four is James Silver, Zuma, Chilwell. Well, I did up until last weekend. Yes, um, I, I I just thought it was kind of a a strange time to take Zuma out to give him a rest mm. if that's all he was doing. But we will see. Um, personally, yeah, I I would like to see Zuma in there still. Um, you know, I think he works well 
with with silver but but we will see all right so um this is a game that a draw would be okay to get wouldn't it yeah yeah it would i mean you wouldn't you wouldn't have a meltdown over a draw but we need to win that's what i would say i think we need to win a draw would be just about acceptable but you know we need we need to win these games and where do you see us winning a game like this against Leicester? Is it down to the midfield? Because that seems to be the key for us. And it's really been the main problem, I think, in so many ways. Once, you know, Frank got an amount sorted out with the defence, the midfield does seem as though this is the area where teams either end up bossing us or we get things sorted. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I think there's a lot to be said for that. I, I, I think I think it's simpler than that. I think it's firepower. I think you know when we were on that 17 game run, we were scoring lots and lots of goals. You know we were creating opportunities and we were finishing them. And I think that we have the capability of doing that, and we need to. And if we can score more goals than the opposition, we win. Um, so it's all about firepower for me. Um, and but yes, you're right. If we can get the ball to those front players, that's got to come through midfield. So that they play a major role in it. I'd also say that our firepower problem over the last few weeks has been born out of the fact that it's not been easy for Frank to pick the same side twice, that we, we've we had so many injuries. Not that I'm moaning about it, it is just a fact of life. Mm. I, I think we've had more injuries than, than we've had in the past, especially to key players. So just when somebody comes into form, they get a knock or they go out, you know. So it... it and firepower is something that is geared around confidence, and confidence comes with playing regularly. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we, we've been unlucky, but a lot of teams have. But I would agree with you. You know, we, we've got the players. We just need to run them back into form. Yep. Yep. Okay, so what is your prediction then for, for the game against Leicester? I, I'd like to win this game, and I, I think we can. So I'm going to say 2-1 to Ooh. us. Okay, I was going to go for 2-1 to us. But you can still go for 2-1. No, I'm going to go for I'm going to go for 1-0 to us now. But why you don't and think it's going to be 1-0? You think it's going to be 2-1. All right, I'll I'll say the same as you. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I I think I think it'll be 2-1 then. Mm. Um I think yeah. we'll concede. Um but but you know, I'm going to stick with that we are we have more firepower than them. You know, we we have more firepower than perhaps any team in the league. So I just think it's um you know, it's it's um, something that we can, you know, that we, we we can we can capitalize on if we get it right. Yeah, I'd agree. Is there anyone other than Vardy that worries you? For me, it's Madison. Well, Barnes, Harvey Barnes, obviously. Um, but M- Madison makes things tick. Yes, he does. You know. Uh, so yeah, I, we will see. It will be interesting. Um, I, I, I'm kind of looking forward to this, and also slightly scared. For all the right reasons, that this is an opportunity to to really seize the day um, and get some momentum back into our season. Can't so, pay DM. Yeah, absolutely. Too right. All right, Andy. Look, we're we're out of time. Um, if people want to get in touch, how can they do it? 
Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at, at Chelsea Podcast. You can follow me at Mr. A Saunders. You can follow Kerry on at Kerry Levy, which is C E R I L E V Y. You can follow us on Instagram and at the Chelsea Podcast, or me on at One True Saunders, or Kerry on Kerry Levy One. Fantastic. Well, that's it, Andy. Um, look, I hope you have a, a great week. We'll get together next Tuesday yep. uh, or Monday, rather. Who knows? Who knows? We'll yeah, we never know. That's how we roll. Right. It is how we roll. <laughs> all right. Well, I hope you roll through your week well. All right, Andy. See you soon and Here's see mate. you all. This is a Playback Media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at chelseapodcast.net. Sports Social Podcast Network.